Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The FT. Annie, tell us how you got involved in the HIV cause in the first place. What drove you into the area? Well, over the years, you know, I, um, I have been involved in various projects to do with HIV and AIDS. And I, I was, for example, I was part of a, a fantastic initiative in the 80s called Red Hot and Blue. And at that point in time, we perceived HIV to be mainly uh, a, a, an issue that was affecting the gay community or intravenous drug users, or, or whatever. It wasn't something that people perceived as a heterosexual thing that was affecting that broader aspect of the popu- population. And, uh, well, my whole sort of paradigm shifted in 2003, actually, um, because I was invited to take part in the launch of Nelson Mandela's 46664 HIV AIDS Foundation, And that was uh, really a turning point in my life, actually, because through that experience, uh, the artists were invited to go into clinics and townships and hospitals and orphanages and really to get a a direct face-to-face encounter with what the HIV pandemic looked like. And uh, and that was yeah that was a hmm, a baptism initiation if you like um, because I, I suddenly grasped that I hadn't understood what was going on and it really shocked me. Then I started to look into it and realised that you know women are hugely at the front line of this thing now. It's not it's not something from the eighties or the nineties. It really has come something that is actually fundamentally a human rights issue because. If mothers don't get access to uh, health care and protection um, and they succumb to the virus, then they will die and their children will be left as uh, orphans, which is a huge social uh, catastrophe. And it's also an economic catastrophe also because, you know, all the way through, I mean, I'm talking about mainly now about South Africa, which is, is a country with the, one of the highest instances of this virus. But it affects everybody throughout the whole of society. So you have trained uh, human resources, uh, people like, such as nurses, doctors, teachers, people all the way through society affected by this. And uh, the weird bit about it, to be honest, is this word stigma. Stigma plays a huge part. Stigma means fear. Stigma means ignorance. Stigma means um, keeping things in the dark. So that in a country where a lot of people, I mean, honestly, on a, a thousand people a day in South Africa have been dying. And, and you know, it, it's an incredible thing. But there you have it, this high mortality rate, uh, really ostensibly an emergency situation in a country and silence around it. And during uh, Mbeki's presidency, uh, there was virtually nothing done. And people didn't even dare to talk about it. So what was really upsetting for me was to think that, wow, you know, we've come through this tremendous era of the struggle against apartheid. And everyone celebrated the Rainbow Nation. Mandela came through as president. He prevented a civil war. It was incredible. And yet, South Africa actually inherited a country that was dying 
of a virus. And you did not read about that in the international media. And then you decided to create your own foundation, Sing. How, how does that work? Well, it took a few years. First of all, I became a 4664 ambassador, which is a tremendous honour. But ostensibly, that really meant for me that I would come to every event that I possibly could perform at and give uh, interviews and talk about the issue. And I got, became more and more involved, more and more informed. And then in 2004, I met Zaki Ahmad, who is the founder of Treatment Action Campaign, which is an incredible grassroots organization founded in South Africa with a spread right across the country. Actually, now it's, it's over four, it's six dis- districts. 80% membership are women, and most of them are HIV positive. And I was so impressed with Zaki. When I read about him and I understood what Treatment Action Campaign were doing, I felt I wanted to be with an activist organization that really were making an impact among themselves. It's like by the people, for the people. And so I became a member of TAC and um, tried to find out how I could be most effective. And then ultimately in 2007... um, I founded my own campaign, which just basically meant that I was making it more solid. I was, I was consolidating the work that I've been doing. And um, in a way, there's a lot of autonomy around me. I mean, the Sing campaign is simply me. It's, I'm not a big organization. There's only about uh, th- three or four people around me that support it, it ha- in a hands-on manner. And, and what's unique is that I am a, I am a spokesperson and a mouthpiece and, and I've, I've kind of, I'm kind of uniquely placed because I can work with different organizations and I can speak on their behalf. You know, it is very difficult for individual NGOs to get attention. And, um, and so you'll find there's a lot of competition. Um, but basically, HIV and AIDS is, a, is an umbrella issue that is affecting people in all kinds of diverse ways all the way through society. And so wherever I can, I mean, I'm, I'm an Oxfam ambassador um, I also work with uh, Amnesty International, uh, with the Red Cross, Save the Children. I've now become a, an ambassador for, for London and an envoy for Scotland on this issue, which just basically means that my platform is broad and, and has, a, has a big outreach. And now the UN have made me uh, an official UN AIDS ambassador, which means that I get access to the people that really can make the difference. It's like truth to power, if you like. And, and since becoming a UN AIDS ambassador, I found myself with, with you know, some extraordinary encounters. So, for example, I was you know, with the Deputy President of South Africa and with Aaron Motsaledi, the health minister, and the other day was actually in the same company as Bill Gates. And so, you know, just being able to get access to to people like that and for them to know about your existence is a very good position to be in. And so both when you're meeting those high-level people, politicians and others, but also when you're out on the road performing, uh, meeting fans, I mean, what what are the sort of messages around HIV that you're really focusing on today? HIV and AIDS is the biggest killer of women of reproductive age around the world. Now, I think if we were to go out into the streets and just randomly ask people if they knew that fact, they'd probably say no, they didn't. But they have heard of swine flu and bird flu and mad cow disease. They've heard about all those viruses. And how ironic that people actually are more or less ignorant about that fact. 
And HIV has no boundaries. I mean, although in this uh, pandemic, it's, uh, you know, there are over 22 million people affected in sub-Saharan Africa, and the, there are altogether 33 million approximately that we know of infected with the virus globally. Um, it's something that is a human rights issue. It's come to that. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually been a human rights issue for a very long time. But what we're calling for is that people should have access, universal access, and that it should be understood that people should have the right to treatment, the right to access, and the right to life. There is sometimes a bit of debate, controversy around celebrities getting involved in lots of good causes in there that they come in and out. They don't really focus for long on, on the subject. What, what do you think is the right role, really, for celebrities in an issue like HIV? Yeah. Well, we live in a celebrity-fixated time, which is a very strange thing. I mean, we, we, we're living in a culture of exhibitionism and um, voyeurism. And so there's a huge industry that makes a fortune and a, you know, a ton of money out of the imagery of celebrity. And, um, and it's, a, it's a real Faustian place to be. Um, I regard myself as an artist. I'm a musician. The rest of the world um, maybe see me as a, a kind of celebrity. I find the term offensive, but hey, you know, that's just me. I take it personally. For me, I have used my voice and my means of communication my platform, if you like, to be a kind of bridge between uh, the organizations that really need to have someone like myself at the forefront. Otherwise, the media will not come. The irony is that, you know, back in the day, we may have had more faith in politicians than we, than we do now. And those politicians, I think a lot of us regard them as, you know, fairly charlatan in a lot of respects. And it's, we, we've come to this weird place where, as you say, the word celebrity, in a sense, causes interest. And politicians know that. So everybody gets on board with the celebrity. And if the celebrity knows about the cause, is really informed, is really committed, they can actually really draw attention in the right kind of way. I hope that's what I've been doing. That's what I've been trying to do. I try to keep my integrity. I really know this issue fairly well. I'm not an expert. But you see, the main thing that motivates me is that I'm a woman and I'm a mother. And this gender of being female and looking at human rights and women's rights around the world and the inequity that exists still. You know, we in the West, we live in an incredibly luxurious bubble. And until we have a chance to see for ourselves what poverty looks like, chronic, endemic poverty, well, you see what that looks like. It's a shock. You, you may have seen documentaries and you may have seen uh, imagery of people's lives that are just living and struggling day to day on barely nothing. And yet when you see it and you see those people affected with illness on top of all of that, and you see that the women are the ones that are carrying the main burden, they are the frontline victims. And it, it leads into, although I'm talking about HIV and AIDS, it actually leads into all kinds of other agendas. At the age of 55, I've done so many things in my life and now I feel very strongly that I must uh, contribute and to be part of the broader women's movement about empowerment of women because there's so much further to go. And it's not about being sure that we are the CEOs of big companies. It isn't about that. It's looking at our sisterhood around the world, those women that cannot even get access to the most fundamental human rights. That will be the rest of, the rest of my life. That will be what I will focus on.
Honey Lennox, thanks very much. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.